This is episode 27 of the Bi Urban Yogi, featuring Troy Casey. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free flowing conversation, exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. Longevity authority, Troy Casey, certified health nut, has successfully restored physical, mental, and emotional balance to clients who have failed with all other systems. His unique holistic approach uses nature-based simplicity anyone can follow. As a Versace model in Milan 28 years ago, Troy studied nutrition, herbs, and internal purification as a way of looking and feeling great in front of the camera. He has scoured the earth for the most powerful health and healing methods, working with indigenous tribes in the Amazon as a medicine hunter, studying the ancient Vipassana meditation technique, Ashtanga yoga, and more recently at the world-famous Czech Institute, working closely with Paul Czech himself. His book, Ripped at 50, A Journey to Self-Love, is in the works. He continues making videos that have helped millions of people live healthier, and Troy was hired off his YouTube channel to work on Discovery's network and continues to work in the media to this day. His vision for clean air, water, soil, and equitable systems for all mankind in his lifetime drives his passionate work for personal and planetary wellness. Please enjoy my interview with Mr. Troy Casey, the Certified Health Nut. Awesome. I wore a special shirt for you. Oh, thank you. What does it say? Oh, it says Vancouver Canucks. Uh, yes, very nice. Fantastic. So this, I think, is recording. Yeah, awesome. it's recording. Sweet. Sweet. How's your day going? It's going great. I had a good pump this morning and uh, nice. a call with my team. And uh, Awesome. Everything's going great. Nice, man. You work out how often? Uh, I like to go to the gym uh, four to five times a week. I really got to watch my energy levels and stress levels. Uh, mm. If my body's tight, then I just go out to the beach on my bike. And uh, I do Qigong most days. So I usually do, yes. uh, I do split training most every day. And then when I'm really tired and exhausted, I just rest. Nice, man. You listen to your body. Yeah, everything's intuition. And I love all the Tai Chi moves you do. I love that you work out outside a lot. Um, I study Kundalini yoga, and a lot of the moves that we do in, in that style of yoga are actually kind of similar to what you do with your, with your Qigong. So it's, it's, uh, it's inspiring to see. Yeah, I think at the highest level, I mean, yoga is just union of body and mind. And so, right. uh, you know, clients are always asking me, you know, what's this and what's that and what's this blog post and what do you think about intermittent fasting? And, you know, it really doesn't matter what you call it, you know, mm. uh, people can call it shit on a stick if they want. <laughs> it's not about the nomenclature, the linguistics. It's yeah. really about, you know, applying what you know and in the moment, emergent present moment reality. Right. How did you get into all this? Have you always been into, you know, well-being and, and intuitive uh, exercise? Um, 
Are you starting the recording? Or I yeah, mean... it's it's recording. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, well, I uh, I started lifting weights when I was in juvenile hall. I was I was incarcerated as a youth, and uh, oh, wow. the weights were there, and I was seventeen and and eating three meals a day, and so I you know instantly gained success from applying um, you know physical weight training, and so uh, I. And I, it really built my body. I got a lot stronger. And so I was kind of mm-hmm. hooked back then. And then right. I started modeling when I was 23. And so fitness, you know, was a part of that. And not only fitness, but um, I had to discover things about weight loss. And, you know, as an American, I was eating commercial food. And right. I, I realized, you know, right away, especially being on camera, that any kind of puffiness in the face or any kind of uh, um, digestion issues, I had to start studying nutrition. And so, um, you know, the agents in that industry are um, <laughs> very, uh, how should I say, you know, they're very cutthroat. And so and mm-hmm. you see that with the women. Uh, there's not a lot of education around health and nutrition. And so, you know, I'd walk into my agent's office and they'd be like, oh, honey, you're fat. And it's like, well, I wasn't fat (laughs) yesterday. So what's that all about? And the poor girls, you know, they get into uh, 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 bulimia and anorexia very easily. And so Uh not a lot of education. So people will just adopt any kind of cutting calories or just, you know, feed their body with uh, cigarettes, coffee and cocaine in that industry. And so- a lot of eating disorders. And so I started studying nutrition. I was, I was living in, in Milan at the time and the farmer's markets in Italy are amazing. And so I started applying all the information that I was reading and to see mm-hmm. what worked for me and what didn't. I went vegan for a couple of years and I got severely anemic and withdrawn and I had a bloated stomach and I lost tons of muscle. And so, uh, I had to start fine tuning that and what was right for my body. And that's been a 30 year um, discovery process. You know, ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, again, you can attach any linguistic term to it, but diet, lifestyle, exercise, it's all really about knowing thyself. When it comes to exercise, you know, strong body, strong mind, flexible body, flexible mind, stable body, stable mind. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I continued to evolve over the years. I got injured uh, with black mold poisoning. And so my mentor taught me basic fundamental Tai Chi and Qigong moves. And I implemented those into my body and my program. And uh, uh, I instantly got results. And so so whether that's applying nutrition, whether that's applying uh, uh, meditation and spiritual techniques, uh, I've always dug down to bedrock and to see how it plays out in my physiology or biochemistry. I was inspired by your photo. Um, You were naked up in Squamish near where I live, uh, forest bathing. And and I do that. And some people are like, oh, you're weird. You post naked photos of yourself in the forest. And and I was like, I'm not the only one. Troy does it too. (laughs) And we're all naked underneath our clothes anyhow. So Exactly. I, I teach naked yoga sometimes. And, and in Vancouver, uh, people sometimes are kind of aversive. They're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because it feels good. It feels good to not like be inhibited by all these like 
you know, fake Luan um, spandex clothing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm fully into natural fiber clothing as well. It makes a huge Me difference. as well. Yeah, in, in Kundalini Yoga, they advocate, you know, doing yoga in all cotton or natural hemp or, you know, it does, I feel it, it's better for the psyche and for the body. Absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. actually, you know, your energy field is coming out of the body and back into the body in a toroidal um, structure. Is that kind of like a torus? Yes. Yes. Like that? Exactly. Cool. It comes out and circles around the body and then comes in through the, the, the root chakra. And so mm. the fact of the matter is, is if you're wearing uh, synthetic clothing, plastics, polyester, your energy field is going to come out and then it's going to come back distorted. And so if you notice, if you're sensitive enough, you will feel that on an energetic level. And me personally, mm. some of my exercise clothing uh, is good and beneficial for my body to move. But fact of the matter is I can't wear them all day long. In fact, I just changed out of my gym clothes and put on some organic cotton for that specific reason. I don't need any kind of electrical impedance happening in my electrical field. Yeah, man. I totally hear you. Like I used to work out and wear those tight, um, you know, compression shorts underneath my shorts. And, and I just find that like, I notice such a difference now that I wear mostly natural fibers when I do yoga. Yeah. And those things are great for bike riding or doing squats deadlifts but fact of the matter is is you don't want to wear them all day yeah it's going to slow you down right right yeah man so i'm super inspired by you and um without without making myself sound like sally o'malley from snl i'm 50 years old but you're fucking 50 years old and you look fucking hot like jesus you actually look hotter now like i've seen photos of you from like 15 years ago you're hotter now what's your secret (laughs) thanks uh you know, uh, I spent many years studying herbs and micronutrition, and I worked mm-hmm. in the Amazon as a medicine hunter and researched nice. plants down there. And I've just figured out where I can get the most powerful nutrition um, into my body the best. And, you know, juicing's at the cornerstone of that. I've been juicing for almost 30 years. I've been practicing some form of fasting or um, liver flush, kidney cool. flush colon detox, et cetera, for almost 30 years. And, and it clearly applies in my biochemistry and also my skin and my, my, my hair. And so mm-hmm. uh, that and movement and a, hand, a handful of other holistic principles, you know, we need proper sleep, we need proper uh, nutrition, we need proper hydration. And so I practice these principles as much as possible on a daily basis. So you've got good daily habits that keep you in your highest. You found what works for you. Yes. Nice, man. So I want to ask you, um, I kind of want to dive into sort of like a hot button issue. Um, you know, I'm a bisexual man. A lot of my gay friends are on this drug called PrEP. And it's supposed to, it's sort of like a prophylactic, you know, HIV medication. I've been doing a lot of research into this and I, I was telling you a few days ago that I went to the pharmacy because I, I wanted to know about this. So I got a pharmaceutical manuscript of all the information about Truvada and all these drugs that they're putting these gay men on. And um, the side effects were horrific. It was like bone fractures in the hips, uh, increased chances of liver failure. Um, you can develop a fatty hump on the back of your neck. And I'm kind of thinking like, geez, like there's got to be a better way. What, what's your take on all that? Well, 
You know, I did a great video on um, drug company whistleblowers. Um, I had a, a doctor, Dartmouth-trained surgeon chemist. I had someone who graduated from biochemistry from University of San Diego, and she was selling laboratory services uh, to CEOs and presidents of pharmaceutical companies. And uh, also I had a whistleblower attorney who used to be a drug rep for Bristol Myers Squibb. And mm -hmm. uh, they all basically said the same thing. They're creating uh, marketing campaigns called diseases uh, and their products, which are the solutions, are pharmaceutical drugs. And pharmaceutical drugs, if you study um, what they actually are, 25% of all drugs uh, and 42%, 25% of all cancer drugs and 42% and of all drugs on the market get their impetus from rainforest plants. And then when you, you take the phytochemistry from the plants and you standardize and isolate them, you take, you take away all the cofactors, all the nutrition that are in those plants, and you standardize them and isolate them, they create what's called side effects. But side effects is just a marketing ploy. Uh, there are no real side effects. They are toxic effects on the human body. And so you did the most intelligent thing a person can do, and you researched the actual side effects um, or the effects on the human body. And it's actually in the drug manufacturing company's literature. And so um, you want to ask yourself, do I want to put these ingredients into my body? What are the effects of these ingredients? And so then you can make a, mm -hmm. an informed choice. Um, you know, you're talking about uh, AIDS drugs, I do believe. And mm -hmm. if you look at Gary Knoll's body of work, I think he made a movie called AIDS Inc., a long time ago, where they never even photographed the actual AIDS virus. And so, right. and so, and they use the Western blot test, which uh, is not really effective if you actually do the research on the Western blot test. And so these are the markers, or they're not even the markers. It's like if the markers don't show, then, hey, you either have HIV or uh you know, take these drugs. So it's not very accurate once you dig down the bedrock. And we, we actually don't see right. a lot of information in the news these days about AIDS. It's almost like it went away. Um, I don't know why that is, but. Um, fact, have you heard of Carrie, Carrie Mullis? Uh, he's, uh, he's the guy who created the, he won the Nobel Prize for creating the RNA polymerase chain reaction technology to test for things like hepatitis or HIV. And it's supposed to be the most accurate form of HIV testing out there. And he is even saying, I have his book, he says there's actually no paper that shows that HIV is the cause of AIDS. And he actually is upset that doctors are using his technology to test for HIV. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of whistleblower information. So my, my advice mm -hmm. to people out there uh, that think they have a problem you know, research it to the bone, figure out what's going on with their body. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a survivor of black mold poisoning and that stuff will kill you. And so mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that the human body heals itself automatically when we give it the proper nutrition and the proper environment, meaning lowering your stress levels and adhering to uh, proper sleep hygiene, especially and so, uh, and the father of modern day medicine simply said 
let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. And he is Hippocrates, a third century uh, BC philosopher. And doctors have to take the Hippocratic oath before they can practice medicine. And uh, um, the Hippocratic oath is do no harm. Yet, if you start reading the side effects of uh, uh, pharmaceutical drug uh, leaflets, then you start, you start realizing, wow, this, is, this could be quite harmful to me. So mm-hmm. I teach people how to be their own doctor, how to tap into their intuition and tune up their, their own biofield and utilize the ancient principles that we've had on this planet since the beginning of time and tap yourself into that. And don't be a slave. Don't be a, 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 a minion in the cog of the machine. Right. I hear you, man. That's, uh, that's what I'm starting to believe too. My, my father is a psychiatrist and I remember being eight years old and there was a drug company called Pfizer. I think they're international, but in Canada, they make a lot of the antidepressants and um, they, they funded all these psychiatrists to go to this fancy fishing lodge up in Painter's Lodge, which is like five-star hotel fishing resort. And uh, so he brought two of his sons, myself and one of my other brothers. And I remember sneaking into one of the lecture meetings in the hotel ballroom. It was just all these like psychiatrists. And there was this guy at the front, like a drug rep from Pfizer. And like, they were like, oh, let's like, you know, there's two pictures of these women. One is kind of depressed and the other one like looks you know, a little bit melancholy, like, which one do you think is going to sell more drugs? And I was like eight years old, like looking at this. And I was like, something's off here. Like this doesn't feel good. And, um, ever since then I started questioning the mainstream medical paradigm. And I've gotten into studying something called German new medicine, which is basically the understanding that no illness can happen in the body without the involvement of the brain and key. And I feel like there's been so much fear put into like, you know, the whole AIDS thing. And it's like, well, wait a sec. If you actually go back and do the research, as you said, it's never even been isolated from a human host, yet there's all this fear-mongering going on. And I feel like I'm being pressured to, like, buy into this paradigm that doesn't uh, feel right to me, nor is it scientifically founded. That's correct. Yeah. And especially if you look at the way the economy's set up, you know, Scientists are the prostitutes of the modern era. They'll basically say anything or compile the data and not, they don't always compile the data. Maybe uh, the, the drug company will compile the data and squish it into a box that proves their theory or that this is good for you. And then something like Vioxx gets put on the market until it gets recalled when there's too many debts. And so- right. Um, and, and there's many recalled drugs and look at the vaccines, you know, that people don't realize that, uh, $3.5 billion has been paid out to brain damage and, uh, and, or killed, uh, children that have been vaccinated. And those mm-hmm. lawsuits are extremely difficult to push through the legal system yet $3.5 billion has been paid out for vaccine injured humans. Well, so, it's, it's funny because uh, we were getting into an argument, my family and I, about flu shots. And, um, you know, I, I said, well, I, I don't think it's the best idea. There's formaldehyde and mercury in there. You probably don't want to put that into your bloodstream. And my mom said, well, can you prove that? And I said, well, I'm going to go prove it. So I went down to the pharmacy and I got a printout of all the ingredients in all the different flu shots, the toddler version, the seniors version and the adult version and the kids version. 
even in the toddler version, they have mercury in there and there's formaldehyde in all of them. And I'm thinking, sure, let's let's use vaccines. Like the idea of, you know, inoculating might be a good idea, but why? It's 2018. We can put a man on the moon. Why do we have to put formaldehyde and mercury into it? That's a that's a that's a very good question. The, the one question I like to ask that seems to supersede most everything, especially if people are religious or God fearing in, in any way, is do you think God left us hanging and didn't fully develop our immune system to protect ourselves? Right. What do you think about, say, like you're, you're, you live on the continent of North America, you're in this biome of certain microbes, and you want to go to Africa where you're, you might be exposed to spicier microbes. Do you think that getting traveler's vaccines is, would be good if they didn't have the toxins in them, or is, is it all kind of bunk? Well, I can only uh, talk about a personal perspective for, 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 for me. And so mm-hmm. um, I'm going to trust my intuition. That's the voice of God inside of me. And mm-hmm. so um, I'm going to take matters into my own hands and trust my relationship with God um, and, of course, bump up my nutrition and boost my, boost my own uh, uh, immune system and on top of it, if I feel that I'm in danger, then I won't go to a place that right. may have, you know, mosquito-borne illnesses, et cetera. So it all becomes a choice. No one's holding a gun to our head. And so right. um, unless you're in some type of profession that requires you to have these toxic chemicals pumped into your body, then that's a different story. Then you got to dig deep into cleanse and detox protocols. And so... Right. Um, you know, the, the doctor scared the shit out of my wife when we had our second child and she almost died. And so um, she was she was very paranoid and they they scared the shit out of her about a whooping cough, which, by the way, whooping cough, measles, mumps, a chicken pox. I had chicken pox as a kid. My immune system dealt with it for about a week and I went back to school and I'm fine. Now they want to inject you with all sorts of chemicals to protect you against that. But my and as you said, they're all synthetic and they're, they're just slight synthetic derivatives of these Amazonian plants without all the cofactors, right? So it's toxic. <laughs> yeah, you know, I specialize in cleanse and detox. And so most important thing is, is you know, stop putting the stuff inside the body uh, and then clean out whatever else that you're breathing in from the environment. And so, Right. Anyhow, they, they scared the crap out of my wife and to appease her psychologically, I took the, the, the vaccine and this is the same time that we were exposed to the black mold. We moved into a new house just before the baby was born. So, um, and I was injured. I had full autoimmune disease um, for uh, 2010 to 2013, we were exposed to it. And I had the vaccine in 2010. And so I don't know exactly what compromised uh, my body. I had neurological issues. My, my legs felt like spaghetti. I had intermuscular pain. I had uh, arthritis that would move from joint to joint. And I was completely exhausted where I had to sleep for five days at a time for years. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so the bottom line is, is I healed myself from that using holistic and natural uh, principles. And so... Uh, but I could have easily been injured by that vaccine. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but I definitely got whacked. 
uh, from the black mold and or the vaccine. And if I'm not mistaken, vaccines and HIV drugs, and I think chemotherapy are the only things in the medical industry where they don't have to have a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled study done before they release the drug to the population, to the masses. Um, like I know in the HIV industry, there was never a completed placebo trial. So they only compare one HIV drug, the newest one, against the most recent one. So we don't actually know if it's effective or not, because there's never been a true placebo trial carried out to its completion. Same thing with vaccines. Like, we don't know if they're effective because there's no placebo group. You know what this is called, right? What? It's called business, right? Right, right. It's good for business and the money's flowing. That's really all that matters, especially when you look at how deep the collusion and corruption is at the highest level of big industry business. And so the the United States government has been co-opted by these multinational corporations. And, you know, people like Rockefellers that were oil people, and they started the American Medical Association, they started the UN. And so, and if you look at John D. Rockefeller and the way he worked his hardest to create monopolies on railroads, all sorts of stuff for their products and services, to uh, get out to the public. And so um, their history of, of monopolizing and then co-opting the media, the government, et cetera, um, mm-hmm. this, is, this is just the way business is done in the United States. And so when you dig down a little bit deeper, and I encourage everyone to watch my whistleblower video. Um, I'll put it in the link uh, to, into this video and into the podcast. So just send me the link after. Yeah, you know, you just dig, dig a little bit deeper and you see that there's massive amounts of corruption and collusion. And again, just go back to Vioxx and look at what happened with Vioxx or even look at Viagra. Viagra, uh, I think, was a blood pressure um, um, a medicine. And then they right. realized that it made your, your, your penis harder. And so they just mm-hmm. marketed it as that. It was a side effect. <laughs> right. It makes your, your penis engorged. And so uh, <laughs> hey, let's, let, let's market it as a sex drug. And lo and behold, we've got a whole booming industry. So right. About business and money. You know, I, I don't know about so much evil conspiracies. Yeah, that's possible and potential. But you just look at basic business and the way that predatory capitalism exists, then, you know, really look no further than that. And then just say, look, I'm not a business commodity. I'm a human being. I'm a child of God. What do I need to take care of my own bloodstream, my own immune system? What do I need to protect uh, uh, and, and, and make myself safe and secure? And so- That's a good point, Troy, because um, I don't think they've ever done any studies on, like, for example, how homophobia or feeling marginalized affects the immune system. You know, in, in the 80s, all these gay men presenting with Kaposi's sarcoma and getting really thin and having thrush and stuff. It's like, well, wait a sec. Most of these dudes were, A, doing tons of crystal meth and heroin. B, they were kicked out of their family's house. They had no social support, and they were getting fisted every night. You know, so it's like all those combinations is probably going to lead you to having a lot of symptoms and not feeling so hot. Um, I remember when, when I was in through school, and, you know, I was being thrown into trash cans, and people were bullying me and drawing, you know, homophobic slurs on my student council posters, I was always getting, um, you know, tonsillitis and I was always feeling kind of sick. And it wasn't until I fully 
accepted and owned myself that I started to feel better and stop getting, you know, tonsillitis all the time. Yeah. I mean, the, look, that biochemistry is built into our, um, into our society, into our culture, into our, into our biology. Um, you know, the, the whole element of shame or, or matching up to what the cultural norm is, uh, it releases these chemicals and these chemicals will lower the immune system in the body. And so what it does ultimately is it causes stress and chronic elevated cortisol levels will lower the immune system and open us up for uh, bigger problems. And so, and I think that point was made in Gary Knoll's movie, AIDS Inc, where, uh, you know, people were up late partying, uh, uh, using drugs, having promiscuous sex, their immune system was lowered and it opened them up for other infections. And if I'm not mistaken, in gay bars in the 80s, there were big tubs of um, really strong, it was called Cipro. It was a very, it's black box, um, super strong, um, what's it called? Antibiotic. So all these gay men were just pounding down the antibiotics every night, thinking that would prevent them from getting STDs. But of course, we know now that lowers your immune system, it fucks up your gut flora, and then you become even more susceptible. Yeah, it's a machine. It's like, and you're, and you're, and, and, and you're a commodity. I mean, you're a, you're a way for them to get money, period. Right. You're a customer. And, and so they need sick people to, to, to make customers. So right. again, it just really comes back to business and the way the predatory capitalism system is set up. Um, and so once you, you know, it's all about reclamation of power and, mm. and um, you know, really reclaiming our power as an individual, being sovereign in the mind, being free and liberated in the mind first. My, med- my meditation teacher, S.N. Goenka, used to say that 98% of all diseases are psychosomatic. And so, and he suffered from migraines in all the biggest industrial countries in the world. They didn't have doctors that could serve him. And it was, he found Vipassana meditation and that's Mm. actually what set him free. And so in all these programs and everything that I teach at the end of the day, it's all about know thyself. And so when you know that you are a child of God and that we have all the equipment to heal ourselves, self-heal ourselves, then you get back to basics, get back to nature, natural laws and you will heal yourself automatically. Now, depending on where your lifestyle is now, that may take a little bit of time. Healing takes time and energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes is, only take advice from somebody who has what you want. Otherwise, they're just guessing, and chances are they're guessing wrong. And, you know, bless my father, I love him. But, you know, he's a little overweight and he doesn't really exercise very much. And, you know, he is a doctor and he is a psychiatrist and he has been to medical school for 15 years. But I said, Dad, I asked him recently, I said, just out of curiosity, how much training in nutrition did you receive in medical school? And he went, you raise a good point. Not really any. You know, so it's like, do I really want to take advice from a doctor who has hardly any training in nutrition? It's like, oh, my God. And look, let's face it, the father of modern day medicine said, let thy food be thy medicine and thy medicine be thy food. So you're going to want to get the highest quality nutrition available into your bloodstream. You either pay now or pay later, pay the farmer or pay the doctor. It's your choice. And so 
you know, and that's, again, that's the Hippocratic Oath. Everyone in, 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 in the West has to take the Hippocratic Oath to practice medicine in the United States. And Hippocrates, mm-hmm. you know, said the same forces that, that um, you know, operate the oceans and, and the earth actually are what heals you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you eat, Troy? <laughs> I, I eat real, organic, high-quality food. Mm. Do you um, subscribe to, like, um, I, I'm in a men's group and we all did the Whole30 diet and that felt really good. I don't know if it's something I would do my whole life, but just cutting out grains, dairy, sugar, you know, pr- anything processed, it felt really fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I, I subscribe um, to the no diet diet. In fact, that is my program. And I recommend intuitive eating. And so um, when you're putting real stuff into your body, your body automatically knows what to do with it. And so I think people get caught up in diet paradigms that may be right for one person at one point in their life, but it may not be good for them long term. And so I don't subscribe to any uh, uh, ideological uh, diet paradigms. However... Mm -hmm. I think the paleo, the keto, the Whole30, the vegan uh, diet paradigms have some application for some people. And Mm -hmm. at the cornerstone of those diets, it's all about natural uh, and high quality. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's a little bit of a pitfall in the vegan diet because vegan is just basically no animal. And so that opens up the doorway to sugar, to gluten, to soy, things that don't metabolize <clears throat> in the human body and can cause a lot of problems. And Quick so, question, Troy. What do you think about fermented soy? Because I just got a, a – sometimes I like have tempeh. Is, what do you think about that? So I think, I think uh, some of the ancient uh, soy uh, products, especially natto and uh, miso – they are developed enzymatically and they um, sprouted, they take off the phytic acids or the lectins that are in there and it makes it uh, digestible and and bioavailable. But that's about it. And I keep the soy uh, on the down low uh, for the most part as far as miso soup, um, especially because quality is everything and most of the soy on the market is genetically engineered. Uh, Soy was originally a crop rotation uh, so that it puts nitrogen back into the soil so the crops can uh, be more uh, nutritious and fertile. And uh, I think in the 700s in China, there was a famine and they ended up eating these crops and figuring out how to utilize them. And so, uh, so I think a little bit of fermented soy is not a problem. Make sure it's high quality organic. But other than that, I avoid soy like the plague. And Troy, does it also, <clears throat> is it also sort of like a, an estrogen mimicker? So, so when men ingest too much of it, it can sort of make you a little bit more feminine or not like harder to be a man? Yes. I mean, the hormones are the chemical messengers of the human being body. And we have not only uh, xenoestrogens, so plastics, which also clog the receptor sites for estrogen. We also have... Uh, phytoestrogens and soy is one of those. And so we live in an estrogen dominant world right now, especially because the plastics, the industry that creates these plastics 
and it vaporizes, goes up into the atmosphere, and we're breathing that stuff in. And so the fact of the matter is, is you want to detoxify uh, the, the phyto and xenoestrogens out of the receptor sites so that your hormones can flow properly. And one of the best ways to do that is eating foods that are rich in uh, indole-carbonyl-3. So your, your cruciferous vegetables, the wheatgrass, spirulina, cracked chlorella, these things nice. are excellent for detoxifying the receptor sites. Cool. Yeah, I take chlorella every morning in my smoothie and it's super energizing. Actually, sometimes I'll get up and I'll, I've started to do this, have some spring water that I harvest just up in Lynn Valley, a little bit of apple cider vinegar, and then a little bit of like a greens powder or, or a spirulina chlorella. And it's, it feels so good to have that in the morning. Awesome. Well, I'd love to earn your business and turn you on to what we're doing down here. I work with David yeah, Sandoval. David Sandoval has been growing uh, high-quality organic wheatgrass from heirloom seeds from, from the Egyptian tombs. He was, wow. uh, he was left uh, Ann Wigmore's legacy. And so he made, he made products for Ann Wigmore and for Dr. Bernard Jensen. And so uh, we have the highest quality greens on the market. That's fantastic. Is that Purium? Yes, Nice man. Yeah. My friend Mahan Khalsa, uh, she lent me some to try and it, it tastes amazing. And, and I can taste that there's some good wheatgrass or something in there. Yeah. All the greens, mm. greens are basically liquid sunshine and they're loaded with mm. not only the indole carbon all three, but superoxide dismutase, which allows the cells to replicate properly. And, you know, cancer is a mutated, uh, cell. And so you want to put, uh, naturally occurring bioavailable materials into the body that are going to naturally nutrify and detoxify cleanse nourish and balance is what you want to do at the cellular level nice now you you i want to cycle back you're saying you are an intuitive eater what do you what do you what advice do you have for like people who are addicted to copious amounts of meat or addicted to like cheese and processed foods and stuff like if they're listening to their gut it's, it's probably their, their negative, you know, gut microbiome that's going to be craving, like the candida that's going to be craving too much bread or something. How do you break that cycle so that you can intuitively intuit what you really need? So when I work with clients, I have them get naked in front of the mirror, not only metaphorically, figuratively, but also literally. Get in front of the mirror. Hey, how, how, how good's my program working? Is this the person mm-hmm. I want to be? Who do I want to be? Hey, who am I? Right? Let's get real. Let's get clear and start moving in the direction because the, 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 the mind is a powerful tool and nothing is more powerful than a made up mind. So if you look in the mirror and something's not working out and your body composition isn't ideal to what you want, then you can start making decisions either, like you said before, finding someone on YouTube or social media that exemplifies uh, that which you wish to see in your own tissues and understand where they're coming from. All roads lead to natural food. Fine-tuning that and figuring out what's the best uh, fuel mixture for yourself, um, whether that's a more uh, fat-based diet, whether that's a more plant-based diet, whether that's a more of a carnivore-based diet. You know, It really depends on your own individual, and you won't know until you test it out yourself. And I deal with a lot of long-term vegans, especially women who ruin their hormones and their posterior chain. Once the gut gets blown out from putting inflammatory agents in the body, uh, 
then from there, uh, you lose your glutes. And so that's your ass and your stomach and your abs. And so- Can you tell me more about that? I'm, that sounds really interesting. So something about the gut health related to losing the posterior chain and the strength of the glutes. Yeah, so if you're putting inflammatory agents in the body or something that uh, doesn't digest properly, what's gonna happen is undigested protein solids will uh, uh, go through, create gut permeability, leaky gut, if you will. And so mm. then there's going to be a histamine reaction. Your body's natural immune system is going to go in and attack those foreign invaders. Any kind of undigested protein solids is a foreign invader. You don't want protein in your blood system uh, uh, that's not your own. And so uh, mm. when this happens consistently, uh, it will create what's called gut dysbiosis. So we have 85% good bacteria and 15% bad bacteria um, is a proper gut microbiome balance. And so when that gets flipped, it's called uh, dysbiosis and things like candida can proliferate, but you just have to look at the stomach after you eat. Is it distended? Is it bloated? Uh, do you have pain down there? Do you have gas, flatulence? Uh, mm. Are you belching, burping, etc.? And so these, this is undigested food. And if it, if it stays in the body for long enough, it'll proliferate and fungal and parasite infections will ensue. And so this is typical of what we see. 70% of the American people are obese or overweight. So they're constantly putting things into the body that can't be digested, like toxic chemicals, food additives, artificial coloring, artificial sweeteners, etc. And so this is blowing the gut open. The body's starving for nutrition, so it will eat more trying to extract some form of nutrition out of it. The body's intelligent. It knows how to store, hey, I can't process this Franken food or this Franken molecule right now. I don't know what the hell it is. So it puts a lipid structure, which is a fat structure, and it stores it for later. And then you see these obese people just getting bigger and bigger. They're starving for real nutrition. It doesn't, right. it doesn't have the capabilities to process this toxicity. And so what you see is what is uh, uh, in our results currently, one in two has cancer, 33% diabetes, 70% are obese or overweight. And so these are foodborne issues. And then you start to look at only six to 8% of the food on the market is organic. And so there's your problem right there. You are what you eat is an axiom that's not going away anytime ever, really. I heard a quote recently, half the world is starving to death and the other half is, is eating themselves to death. There you go. In a way, yeah. And I would say the obese people in, in, in the West are starving. Yeah, it's, well, it sounds like it, as you, as you just explained, they're not getting the nutrients that their body's actually needing. Correct. Yeah. So how do we... What they really, what they really need is energy from the sun converted through the, the closed organic life cycle through photosynthesis into chlorophyll, which is an exact hemoglobin match to your, uh, your, uh, your blood, basically. So you got mm -hmm. plant blood, chlorophyll, hemoglobin, uh, human blood. It's a direct mm -hmm. interface. And so right. the plants take radiation from the sun and they convert it into chlorophyll. And then the herbivores eat the plants and the omnivores eat the plants and the herbivores. Everybody dies, goes back into the soil where the microbes uh, devour the material. And then the plants uptake the nutrients from the microbes. The plants are actually carnivorous. And so this is the closed organic life cycle. Life eats life. 
this is not going away anytime ever in the third dimension either. And so right. uh, it's a good understanding to, to have a rudimentary understanding of biology and then source the best uh, nutrition from sunlight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You eat meat, eh? Yes, I do. Yeah, I like to call myself a qualitative omnivore. So mostly plant-based, but I, there's a few companies. There's a company in Canada called Two Rivers or in Vancouver and also Pasture to Plate. And I know that it's from this one farm in, in northern BC, and I've met the farmers, and it feels so right. So I, I like to get my meat from there. Yeah, source super high quality because these animals are being fed lectin-based grains and, uh, uh, and antibiotics and all sorts of other garbage that is making the animals sick. If it makes the animals sick, it's going to make you sick. Animals are not supposed to eat grains. They have multiple stomachs, creates gas in their body. Gas, create, gas in their body creates gas acidosis in your body. Acidosis is one of the main three factors of cancer. So there's the whole thing with red, red meat, you know, causes cancer. Red meat is bad for you, but we were mm -hmm. hunter gatherers and that's how our digestive tract built for, you know, thousands, if not millions of years. And it takes a hundred thousand years to change the human genome one-tenth of 1%. So basically our digestive tract is made to be hunter-gatherer societies. What did we gather? Roots, barks, berries, herbs, greens. And then what did we hunt? We hunted big game and we ate nose to tail. So we ate all the organs as well. So it really comes down to balance and consciousness and knowing the historical record or the history of the spear and to really understand our own nutrition and then figuring out what you need in your life at the moment. Now, Yogananda and Steiner both said, you know, uh, to, you know, elevate your consciousness. And when you're ready, you can gravitate to a vegan or vegetarian diet. But most people aren't living that austere, you know, spiritual life. Most people are living in the concrete jungle. And you need is Steiner the guy who created the Waldorf schools? Rudolf Steiner? Yes. And cool. biodynamic farming, which is the highest level of organics. So cool. Steiner was a living master as, as, as well. And a lot of people want to put the cart before the horse and say, oh, well, if this person was a vegetarian, let me apply this to myself first so I can have that spiritual evolution. But the fact of the matter is your biochemistry, your physiology needs certain nutritional requirements. And until you elevate the mind and the spirit to a certain level, basically turning your body into a, uh, you know, a photovoltaic, um, you know, where you can absorb the sunlight with your breath work, with your, with your uh, nutrition. You've got to have the antioxidants to protect yourself against the radiation from the, 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 the sun. But you can upgrade your consciousness to that level. And I think it's attainable, but don't put the cart before the horse. If you're wasting away, if your guts are blown out, you've lost your posterior chain, you don't have proper posture, then you might require certain nutrients to build your infrastructure back up to where mm. you have the capability to evolve your consciousness to a higher level. What role does sexuality um, play in spirituality? Like I find myself, as I do all this kundalini yoga, I can get to these really high states but then like, it's almost like I become asexual and that doesn't feel authentic either. Like I, you know, one of my friends was like, no, well, like be yourself. Like you're not meant to be this balloon that's up astral traveling. Like we're meant to be fucking, we're meant to be enjoying food. Like we're in the third dimension, as you said. 
So how do you strike the balance between, I guess, being grounded in the third dimension, having that primal experience of being a human and fucking and enjoying that, but then also, I guess, being connected to something more? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's a good idea to understand that we're all spiritual. This is a spiritual journey being here on Earth, and you've been gifted this animal body. So, uh, you know, David Data wrote a great book, Finding God Through Sex. And so Hmm. in your spiritual evolution, everything is about consciousness, every single thing. So when you can elevate your consciousness beyond ideals into present moment emergent reality, then you can treat every part of your being, your existence as a spiritual experience, a spiritual journey. And from there, you can be conscious at the highest level, no matter what you're doing, even if you're Mm -hmm. snorting coke and banging hookers. You know, I don't (laughs) I don't advise it, but what I'm saying <laughs> is you can have that elevated level of consciousness, whether you're being tortured or whether you're living in the Himalayas with a spiritual master. And so mm. it's all about being conscious with everything that you're doing. And if you're conscious at a very high level, you're going to also understand that there's a responsibility when you intertwine your energy field with another human being, you're going to get the sum total of their emotional body, their trauma, etc. So it's a high level of uh, responsibility. Also, you know who they're sleeping with, uh, mm. and what diseases or you know p- potential you know dirty viruses uh, they have, and you're opening mm. yourself up for that. Especially when your energy, when you're having sex your energy field is much more open. And, mm. and so, and also your orifices uh, are being penetrated. And so depending on if that person has some type of virus, bacterial overgrowth, et cetera, you're going to be bringing that into your body. Well, and so- I like, I want to clarify something because in German new medicine, it's not that the, the virus or the microbe is evil or bad. It's that you're, you might be going through a biological program that was triggered by some sort of unexpected shock to the system. And microbes play a beneficial role in the healing phase. But I think in my language, I would say somebody who is healing, but maybe not healing so well because they don't have adequate nutrition, etc. They're experiencing shame. So there's this fusion of microbial overgrowth with shame. And it's that whole energetic package that you don't want to take on. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, totally, because at the end of the day, it's all energy. And so, again, right. into spiritual evolution and spiritual development, you, you, you understand that. And then if you want to have sex with this person or you want to you know, do this party drug or, or whatever, you're conscious and you're clear of it. And so then it becomes a choice. Do I want mm-hmm. this? Like, let's say alcohol, for example, it's going to give you a hangover. It's going to dry you out. It's going to have an effect on the liver, et cetera. And so then I can have a choice. Do I want this? Do I need this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, yes, maybe maybe I like to have sex with this person, uh, but maybe I'm into the fantasy of it or the fantasy enough is to satiate my desires. And maybe I want to come back into my meditation practice or my Kundalini practice and I want to elevate that energy and channel it up my spine and through my organs and, and activate it for, for, for healing. And you can use your sexual energy, you know, while you're celibate and or if you can find a, a partner uh, that has the same values a, a, as you do, you can use your sexual body 
for exploration into the divine. And so it really comes down, everything is about consciousness in my humble opinion. And, you know, everything is energy. So mm. when you have that awareness, then you can be cognizant of it going into any experience and also forgive yourself in the moment, uh, enjoy yourself in the moment. Hey, I'm doing something that's potentially harmful to myself. Now, do we want to go into self beat up or do you just enjoy it in the moment? Or do you stop yourself from the behavior that's bringing the shame and guilt into you? And so right. it becomes a choice and, and you've, you've reclaimed your own power. You're a sovereign being and you understand this at a much higher level. You're not some leaf in the wind or some kind of victim that's being taken advantage of. You're creating your reality. If you don't understand that, you know, uh, uh, and you don't know your subconscious, your thoughts are creating your reality. Thoughts create reality. Focus creates reality. And if you don't know what, uh, you know, your thoughts are, simply look at your life. Nice. Good point. Very good. Um, what is your take on semen retention? I think it's a powerful practice. And at the same time, remember when the pendulum swings one way, it has the potential to have that much more power swinging the other way. So all the ancient sages have said, walk the middle path. So whether that's celibacy or uh, uh, semen retention or promiscuity with polyamorous relationships, it's all about you know, being, being conscious. So seminal retention has a lot of power. And so uh, you know, fighters use this so they can be more effective in the ring. And so um, when you are not um, releasing your sexual energy and you have the tools to channel it into you, it can make you extremely powerful. And so, uh, but we want to watch how we limit ourselves because again, that pendulum could swing the other way. We could go from being, you know, celibate and channeling our energy to, you know, (laughs) bonking anything that walks uh, or getting addicted to porn. So again, it comes down to balance um, and, and really being uh, aware of present moment emergent reality and not getting attached to an ideal. Right. What do you think about um, bisexuality? I've been studying bonobos, and they're apparently very similar to us, like genetically. And apparently they're all bisexual. What do you think about that? Well, um, well, there's a couple of things. I mean... Um, First of all, I know I know that there's research been done on rats and other animals, and and we can study the anthropological record on on other animals. You know, we're the human being, and, and we're a very dynamic system. And we're also there's there's things that separate us from those other animals, even if it's a small level of genetics. The fact of the matter is 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 we're not bonobos. We're human beings. We're a little bit more complex, and so. Uh, uh, it's a, I think it's a good observation to understand other animal behavior and other animal nature. I think it's a really good idea to understand evolutionary biology and understand the, the history of sexuality, reading something like Sex at Dawn. Mm, uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think that, you know, look, if your consciousness is fine with being bisexual or homosexual or anything that you choose, uh, that, that's fine. Again, it comes all back to awareness. And if you want to explore that, then that's your God-given right. As long as you're, you know, the, the, the basis of natural laws is, is do no harm to others. 
basically. And, you know, you don't want to be harming yourself either, but that's a personal choice. So as long as you're not harming anyone else, and that's what floats your boat, you know, this is a human exploration. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think we just want to be conscious of what, of what we're doing. I know that when it comes to sexuality, I know that there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of abuse that's out there. And so, you know, my advice is to go back and heal whatever trauma a person's been through and really dig down to the bedrock of who and what you are. And if you've been programmed through trauma, et cetera, you want to be able to dismantle that and become a whole human being, integrate the dark side, be conscious of the dark side, be conscious of all the sum total of your choices and ask yourself, is this who I want to be now? Um, Right as opposed to getting stuck on, you know, any way it should be or, or, um, you know, or that's just the way I am. And so, right. And you gotta, I be, know okay. you gotta be okay with whoever you are sexually, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, it really comes down to, to, to your own personal psychology. Right. Yeah. I feel like, um, in my own experience, the more I take good care of myself and heal myself, the more I'm capable of just loving another human. And it's not even their gender that I I'm attracted to. It's more like I can feel their energy. And that's like, that's sort of the dominating factor in my attraction to that person. Mm -hmm. And that's only a recent development since I've started eating a bit healthier, doing my yoga practice every day, getting up early. I found, I find that really helpful. Um, the Kundalini yoga is advocate getting up between four and six thirty and meditating and doing yoga. I don't do that every day, but when I do, I experience so many more synchronicities and I feel so much more like my original self when I do that. Yeah. Spiritual practices are handy in a pinch, and the world's going through a little bit of a pinch right now. <laughs> so all roads lead back to know thyself. Mm. Thank you, Troy. You're awesome. <laughs> Thanks. For Let me wit- check the. What's it? Thanks for witnessing. Yeah, man. Well, it's been a it's been a good hour of of uh, conversation. Is there anything else that you want to touch on? Well, if people would like to jumpstart their health, I do quite a few group cleanses. I have a forty day program that I take people through. Uh, you're welcome to join in on that. Everything is hundred percent satisfaction guaranteed. Um, I work with the highest quality superfoods on the planet. I would love to earn anyone's business. We have a CBD oil. And I'm also in business with other health and wellness entrepreneurs. And I train uh, health and wellness entrepreneurs. So if you're interested in interfacing with me, you know, hit me up on Instagram or any of my social media feeds. And uh, I would love to connect with you. The Great Awakening can't be stopped. I saw a vision in the Amazon in 2006 that humanity makes it from the precipice of ecological disaster that we find ourselves in today. And so, and I see that unfolding before my eyes. And so if you want to get with a little bit more of that and unify the choir, unify the brotherhood of man, then uh, come and see me over on the Instagram or YouTube or Facebook and uh, let's make the world a better place. That's awesome, man. Can I ask you one more question? Um, do you, like, what do you think about alcohol? Like, is it okay to have a little bit? Like, as you are saying before, it's all about conscious choice. Uh, if you do drink, like, what types of alcohol do you recommend? What should you stay away from? I just know a lot of people drink, you know, a lot of people drink. <laughs> I drink sometimes. Yeah. I used to do cocaine and I stopped doing that. Um, I had a cousin who passed away of a fentanyl poisoning. Fentanyl is huge in Vancouver, so basically all cocaine is 
laced with fentanyl. It's horrible. Yeah. So um, when it, you know, I'm of the ilk. You know, when I train clients, I I I work my best not to put them in a sugar prison or a diet prison, because what happens when we put ourselves in a hole is we want to break out. And so, uh, if you want to drink, let's build a house around your distillery. If you want to smoke, let's build a house around your chimney. And so, if you want to rock and roll and party the night away on the weekends, great. Let's live an 80-20 principle. 80% of the time, we're living 100% holistic principles in our lifestyle so that we can afford going out, staying out late, uh, maybe having a few drinks, etc. The thing about alcohol uh, and any substance is in today's age, there's a lot of uh, solvents being used, artificial coloring, uh, etc. So you want to go as pure as possible. Uh, my research shows that some of the triple distilled vodkas are very clean. Some of the uh, um, uh, mezcal, the uh, tequilas are very clean and some of the whiskeys as well. So you want to source the best. Uh, you want to buy biodynamic wines. Grapes are sprayed with so many pesticides, etc. And so, uh, and they use additives and things to make these uh, that most people get allergic to. So a lot of hangovers right. trying to metabolize uh, the toxic. So bio, biodynamic is a higher grade than even organic, right? Biodynamic is more pure. Yes. Demeter is the regulatory body for biodynamic. Biodynamics, the highest quality uh, commercial organics, and then the next highest quality would be wild harvested. And so, uh, and you want to make sure that anything wild harvested is also being tested by the company to make sure there's no heavy metals or any other kind of toxicity in there. And so, uh, so yeah, when it comes with that, when it comes to you know party drugs, et cetera, et cetera, know what you're putting in your body, know how to detoxify it know how you feel afterwards, give your body enough time and energy to heal from whatever it's going through make sure that you're putting good nutrition into the body that's going to support you and make sure that you have the ability to handle a hangover, which is basically a detoxification component. And so again, it all comes back down to consciousness and what you want and then assessing yourself, is this who I want to be in the moment? Right. One more question. All these guys that I know are starting to microdose either LSD, cannabis, or uh, psilocybin every morning in their coffee. Uh, have you had experience with that? What's your take on it? Yeah, I've had a, um, a long history with psychedelics. So I worked in the Amazon with ayahuasca for many years. I still bring people down there. Um, and uh, I've had 30 ayahuasca ceremonies myself. I did probably well over 300 LSD and, and mushroom uh, trips uh, when I was younger, when I, when I used to uh, party. And so, and then uh, recently I've started working with plant medicine. Uh, I would say maybe five, six, seven years ago, I microdosed uh, psilocybin um, almost every day or five times a week for about a year and a half. And there's a lot of research on <laughs> I think Michael Pollan wrote a book recently, and uh, John Hopkins University did some research uh, as well. And, uh, and Paul Stamets has a lot of uh, work on neuroplasticity and uh, psilocybin. And I think there's mm. some research on LSD and neuroplasticity, really uh, driving new neural nets. So the potential is there. I don't advocate 
utilizing uh, uh, drugs or recreational drugs. But if you do, I think, again, there's more consciousness that needs to be applied. Uh, do your research, find out what you're doing, get a good source, um, and you know, work with a good counselor as well, because these things are not child's play. They can blow your mind wide open. And right. <clears throat> then you're going to look in the mirror and go, who am I? <laughs> What's my job and who am I working for? And what am I out of life and who am I married to? You might question every aspect of your reality. So be very careful with, you know, uh, the substances that you use. And again, bring uh, uh, consciousness into everything that you do. Nice. Yeah, I've, I'm starting to feel so good through Kundalini Yoga. I, I hesitate to, you know, add anything into the mix because Kundalini is so powerful on its own. So, um, it yeah, is. I'll, I'll be mindful for sure. I mean, if people want to experience psychedelics, you know, get into breath work. That's going to take mm. you to a different state of consciousness right there. You know, do the totally. natural stuff. You know, yeah. again, I don't advocate utilizing any kind of illicit drugs uh, or anything. But if you do, go natural, be conscious, do your research, know what you're doing. Know thyself, guys. Know thyself. Thank you, Troy. I love you. I love you too, brother. <laughs> Cheers, man. We'll talk soon and uh, I'll, I'll get this video up to the masses and I'm really grateful. This is like a, this is a dream come true to talk to you. I didn't actually expect this to happen. happen. I'm really, really grateful. Thank you. Sweet. Cheers, man. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in once more to the Buy Urban Yogi podcast. And thank you to Mr. Troy Casey for being on the podcast. What a wealth of information you are. I love you, brother. Uh, complete liver, parasite, bowel, and kidney cleanse. T 10 days on the cleanse and 30 days after support for a clean sweep. Use Troy's $50 gift code, uh, Troy Casey, all one word. You can check out all of Troy's information and his Purium cleanses at Troy Casey. That's T-R-O-Y-C-A-S-E-Y dot com. Have a beautiful week and I will see you next week for another interview. Satnam.